Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Kathy Burke, who's coming today with Pippa, her yeah. friend. Kathy loves sea bass. There's loads of things she can't actually eat. So we really thought about the menu. She's having crispy barbecued sea bass. We've made a summer herb cream. I've been juicing herbs like parsley and chives and oregano and bay, actually, is the other thing. And they're really, really beautiful. Um, we've reduced some cream. We're making leeks and spinach press, and they're going to be dressed with roast garlic and roasted lemon. And we've got a potato rusty on. So I'm just getting the barbecue ready so I can get the sea bass on and crisped up. And then when she gets here, I will just flash it and finish it. And the drink that I'm making today is like fruit, vegetable, spice, juice. So the spice is ginger. Press the ginger and the juicer. Quite a bit of it, didn't we? Yeah. Like a bit of spice there. I have the juice sous chef Mom today. My juice sous chef. My juice sous. about having Kathy over for lunch is that it doesn't feel weird but actually when mum went on her podcast the, uh, the other day and loved it so much you know, it's the first time we met we've known who each other is and then the other day I did her podcast and we had the most brilliant time it was literally the longest conversation we'd ever had together yeah. it did feel like we already knew each other properly and um, we are tribally the connected. same yes, yes tribally connected I just think she's brilliant and smart and I've, what I've loved is watching her make this somewhat unexpected segue into being a broadcaster and I do really want to talk to her about that today if she sees herself like that because she's one of the best and it's not her chosen profession. Just she's one of those people I just really admire her a lot. Welcome to our house. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you very much. Who have you brought with you? So, this is my very good friend, Pippa, Pippa Brown. We met working on a job. Kathy was directing it. Yeah, but we, um, I don't really like talking about that No, but job. I'll tell you what, the first, thing, the, first, <laughs> what happened, the first thing I you ever said, though, was when you came to the office. Yeah. She so we were, like, saying hello, and it was, you know, I was really low down in production, trying to, like, make sure Kathy was OK, and it was the first, like, big thing I'd done as well. And I was, like, said to her, where do you want to be? And she goes, oh, I don't know, I guess... I guess Cornwall, because I love the sea. 
not for a few years. And I was like, oh, I meant, where do you want to sit? Like, where do you want to be? Not retirement. <laughs> yeah. like, but then we laughed. Oh, that's so nice. And were you quite relieved? Were you nervous to meet Cathy? Was it no. a bit? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, of course I was nervous to meet Cathy because well, I grew up watching Cathy. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I was nervous. But also, like, she's immediately disarmingly lovely. Yeah. And this funny. Is true. Do you two argue? Do we argue? Do you, do you ever get on each other's nerves? Oh, we've definitely had a row, but we don't sort of... We're not sort of binary. Have you ever not spoken? Yeah. Like, for a prolonged time? We did. The longest we ever did was a month. She wasn't talking to me. No, you weren't. I'm talking about another time. Oh, God, then. it's going to kick off. <laughs> Can you feel it? <laughs> feel the tension I mean, rising. It's never nice. I'm from a single-parent family and my mother andy oliver's only child and her daughter so it's like there was it was gonna get spicy with us being you know only 20 years older than me growing up in that way you are you're such a team that you drive each other completely crazy and i, I always wonder what it would be like with more people in the house siblings a, a dad maybe it would ease it a bit because it's just like two people ah, yeah but now that I'm older, it's just this glorious thing that I know has come from the particular way that we brought each other up. Yeah. Kathy, you don't have siblings. Oh, I do, oh, yeah. Oh, you do have I've siblings? Got, I've got two older brothers. I didn't I know do. that. Yeah, yeah. Two big brothers. What was your what was growing, What was your relationship like with them when you grew up? Well, it was very sort of different to normal people's because we lost our mum. Our mum died. I was about two, so I don't really remember her. But my brothers were sort of 10 and 8, so it was sort of a massive blow to them. Mm. Um, but it also meant that they had to grow up because this is the 60s, okay. so there was no sort of counselling or any sort of help or anything like that. Really? And the boys were just expected to get on with it. And was your dad there? Dad was there sort of in and out. Do you know what I mean? Dad had, he had quite a few problems and stuff, so... He was around, but not all the time. So I always sort of felt like, you know, they were like my mum and dad right. as well, you know. Your brothers. Yeah. Right. And John always, who's the eldest, did the majority of the cooking. Oh, did he? Yeah. What did he, what kind of stuff? Well, it was all very sort of, we're Irish heritage. So it was very sort of what Dad wanted. Potatoes. Shoes. Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Just potatoes. Meat. meat. Lots of meat. Sort of boiled bacon and cabbage mm. and potatoes. Lots of stews. Um, this is my dream menu, Mum, isn't it? <laughs> this is the so right kind of food. Lots mince. of mince, yeah. Because it was cheap. Did you eat, like, family tables and stuff, or did, they, did he just cook and you grabbed it as people were passing through? What was it? Oh, because... no, we did all sort of sit at the same time. So how old was John then? He was, like... So he was, like, 10, 11 wow. when he was cooking. So I had to... It's amazing. You know, when I look back, it's just, like, sort of astonishing mm. that they just got on with it. Because they had to. Yeah. And Barry would do things like like the, the laundrette and, you know, stuff like that. Goodness. But then once I was big enough, then I was doing my chores as well. How yeah. old was big enough? Oh, sort of six, seven. Wow. Wow. Yeah, right, yeah. So I'd be, yeah, doing the laundry and stuff. But I also got fostered for a bit, but on a sort of weird Monday to Friday Basis. Oh. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. You know they could do that. And then, well, this was the 60s. 60s I think it was just, yeah, it was just a bit different then. 
And, and then did you go her back to the yeah, family at the weekend? Because I was only fostered by a lady that lived in the flats so across that, the road. I guess that was the 60s version of kind of community support. Yeah. Yes, because it was very much about the church. Right. So we're at the Catholic church, you know, so that was sort of who was helping and social workers and stuff. And I guess stuff. that just took the pressure off of a few days a week so that everybody could get catch, catch their breath. I, I think so. Like, I mean, I was a nutcase, so I just think... They were just glad of a bit of peace and quiet. Even that little, were you quite chatty? I was very chatty. <laughs> I was forever being told, stop being so bold. Really? Because I would chat and ask questions. And we did a little reunion, a little gang of us, um, women that were all at the same primary school together. There's only six or seven of us, you know. But when we first did a reunion, we, I think we were in our 30s. And we were all talking about when we were kids and all that. And then one of them, Benice, turned around and said, Kathy, all you're remembering is the food. <laughs> <laughs> because I just remembered what I ate in everyone's houses. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. love that. But, you know, sometimes those, are, those meals are the way you latch on to a memory. Mm. Yeah, because it's connection, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And that must have been when you felt happy and, like, safe and connected. I think I was really sort of food-obsessed. I mean, it's so weird being an, an adult and being quite a fussy eater. Because when I was a kid, I think I would have eaten anything. I would have tried anything. And I would lie, like, terrible <laughs> lies. And, like, my brother John, there was one... Once John started to go to secondary school... Well, once the two of them were at secondary school and I was still at the primary school... Yeah. Before he would go to school, he would take me down the road to Mrs Riley, mm -hmm. whose daughter Mary was still at the primary school. So Mary would take me to school, but John would get me up, give me my breakfast, and then take me over down the road, and then he'd get on the bus. And then one day he took me there, and Mrs Riley scolded him and said, John, I know you've got a lot on... But you must, it's very, very cold and you must put some breakfast inside that child before you leave the house. <laughs> and the way John looked at me... <laughs> because he was giving me breakfast. But then I'd arrive at the Rileys and once he was gone, she'd go, have you had your breakfast? And I'd go, no. No. <laughs> So I was forever, I mean, right up to... I remember when I was 16 and I was at Further Education College and I became great mates with my mate Mickey, Michael Winslow. He was from a single parent, his mum, Gloria, and they lived in uh, down Old Street. So, you know, it got to a point where I was sort of rocking up at Michael's after college. To get a little snack. <laughs> yeah, really. But I never forget one day, just when I turned up and Gloria just went, I haven't got enough food for you. <laughs> <laughs> no more. She was like, oh, my God. I can't, you know, because you're a single parent. And she's trying to feed this growing boy and he's become mates for this. <laughs> well, right. You know, I was a skinhead and just sort of stood there. Skinhead? Oh, what are you having? <laughs> a really hungry skinhead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brilliant. But, yeah, I used to bunk off school quite a lot. This was secondary school. Yeah. And I just used to get on the bus. And I would just... You know, when you're a kid, though, like, even, like, a young teenager, I would just talk to other kids that I didn't know. <laughs> go, all right, you know. <laughs> you know, you go to the shops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you got money? They'd be like, yeah. And I'd go, ah, oh, I'd love some crisps. <laughs> Honestly. 
I remember even in the, in the school holidays, I would just... I would go, because we lived in these flats, you know, sort of old mansion block. Yeah, yeah. And, and so there was loads of families in there, people that I'd never met, you know, and you'd never even seen. And I just, I just, oh, you know, the summer holidays and I'd be feeling hungry and I think, oh, I've never been in that pub. <laughs> just, well, there it is. Yeah, I would just go in and just knock on someone's door. Literally, and go, what, can't you see? And go, oh, are, you, are you having your dinner, you know? Wow. I mean, isn't it outrageous? I don't think my brothers ever did anything like that. Would never cross their minds. Well, they were like, where is she? Probably at somebody's house. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Pippa? Yeah, yeah Pippa, where are you from London? No, so my dad was in the army. So we were sort of in Germany. I was, I was, oh. in, I was born in Belgium, then we were in Germany, so I was like 17. So we lived in Berlin for sort of two years before and two years after the wall came down, which was in like amazing. Very intense time to be there. Yeah, but it was really exciting. Like, I remember my mum... I missed ballet practice to go and drive down, to stand on the wall. What, uh, as it was coming yeah, down? Well, she, she, yeah, well, the, the day they announced it was coming down. Oh, amazing. So we drove down, and then she was, like, pulled up onto the wall by these people, and then she put her hand down to pull me up. And I just remember and being pushed up by these people, and then I wet myself. <laughs> no, that's excellent. That's an excellent story. <laughs> really exciting and terrifying. Yeah. So you just, you know, that's what happens. Your body just goes... <laughs> <laughs> and then when did you move to London? We moved to London when I was... I think I was 17, to Mill Hill. That's the kind of area I always wanted to grow up in, though. Like, North London, like, um, I don't know, like, structure, families. I grew up in, like... Portobello in the 80s, it was just chaos. Mill Hill felt like the opposite of chaos yeah. to me, places like that. I was like, can we just go live where things are really calm? Matita <laughs> once bought me a little stainless steel saucepan for Christmas because that's what she wanted our house to look like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I and she would try, try to get me, like, a cardi. I was like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I wanted it to be white with, like, Venetian blinds. My mum was like, why do you want us to live in a shit office? What is this <laughs> about? Like... <laughs> She'd show me pictures and I'd go, that's not a house, yeah, it's an office. Like, that's where people this? work. I want to live like this. Where were you getting those ideas from? Weird um, uh, blind catalogues. <laughs> <laughs> And they would be like, it would look like this in your office. Like, like rubber yeah. plants, like that big and one. And that plant, I loved that. Love that. I was like, we should have a green plant. But also, I was like, we should be white and I should be blonde. You know, yeah, there was a about, whole... It was about a lot of other things. Fitting into a picture, do you know what I mean? There was a, there was a whole period of time where I wasn't allowed to go to the school gate. Yeah, sorry, that's because you were wearing electric blue furs. It wasn't furs, and it singing, was And singing, and singing, and singing, peace in the valley, <laughs> peace in the city, peace in, in the soul. soul. I was like, <laughs> has she lost her and mind? And I had, like, a leopard skin fur hat as well. <laughs> After that, I was, like, banned. But and did you, like, all your friends not want to hang out with yeah, her? Yes, and it's loved me. And yeah. she was like, whatever, you talk to her. And yeah. that's how it's always, always been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had yeah. to wait on the corner. <laughs> Down the road. I used to wait on the corner, down the road. I went into the tabernacle once to pick her up from a birthday party and she ran across going, no! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know I wasn't allowed in here either. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look at how all that fabulousness has paid off. But this is our particular, you know, this is our very nuanced, niche version of family. I was wondering what family means to you guys because we all seem to have extremely so different... So you siblings, Pippa? I've got an, a sister who's two years older. Because you're at school, we you weren't we didn't really grow up a lot together, right? And then holidays are like you just fuck off with your friends. Yeah, you used to be able to do that, didn't you? Yeah, in school holidays, yeah. just literally go off for the day. You'd yeah, see yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And you'd be, they'd be like, all right, Cycle off you go. Off. 
And and off, off on your bike yeah, or yeah. your scooter. Yeah. We'd like cycle off to a field and then cycle around the field and cycle back. <laughs> God, it sounds like a oh, riot. So yeah. bored. But also like get on a bus and go to like a gig. Oh, yeah. Like sorted. when you're a bit older. Yes. Only if I lied. I mean, I wasn't allowed to do it. I ran away to see The Clash once. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Where did was... you see them? They were, well, they were playing in Bath. And I was in Suffolk, you which went is the Suffolk. other end of the country. <laughs> what did you tell your parents? I told them I was going to school. <laughs> and then me and my mate went to the train station, got on the train, and then we hitchhiked. <gasps> From Cambridge? From, kids used to hitchhike all the time. Yeah. I mean, I literally can't believe I'm still alive, honestly. <laughs> hitchhiked from Cambridge to Bath. And then I called my mum and from a phone booth. I'm a bit, bit, bit. Hi, Mum. She said, hello. She said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Bath. She said, you're in the Bath? I said, no, I'm in Bath. And she was like, what? Yeah, why were you suddenly confessing? Because I was in fucking Bath. And she knew, I, she knew I, at some point I was not going to come home from school. Also, I figured I was in Bath. She couldn't really So your in. plan was get there, then tell. Get there, then tell them. Was she furious? Absolutely incandescent. Mm. And then I put How the phone down. I was like 15. 15 oh, that's all right. And then, I mean, what a, <laughs> what a shit bag, honestly. And then Louise called her parents, who were the strictest people in the world. And her dad was like deputy chief of police, which we hadn't taken into consideration. <laughs> and he was like, right, I'm putting basically put an APB out on you. No, no, you got picked up. Uh, no, no, because we hid. <laughs> we were like, shit, you know, the feds. I've not heard the details <laughs> we were, like, of this story. Hiding. And we got to see the clash and we had a great time. We got backstage, we were That's hanging lovely. out. And we were like, this is it, this is it, we've reached. And then we went, oh yeah, this is really funny. Because her dad's deputy chief of police. <laughs> and we're 15 and we all went, what? <laughs> Freaked out! Amazing. Completely. Amazing. Get them out of here oh now. Because we were like underage, terrifying. Did we meet the Clash? Yeah, when I, well, that was, uh, I wrote a little short about it. Um, uh, Sky, a few years ago, they did this series called Little Crackers. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So I wrote one called, and it was for Christmas, it's meant to be Christmas stories. I wrote one called Better Than Christmas. <laughs> and it was about when I was 13, no, 15. And bumped into the clash at King's Cross Station. Oh, but... And I had my new musical express with me that had... The front cover was the death of Ian Curtis from Joy oh, Division. Oh, goodness. And so they all signed it for me. But I had cut clash into my arm. Oh, my God. And I was going to get it, you know, Indian ink. Yes. And God love him, Joe Strummer saw it, because it was the summer, so I'd, I was in my school uniform, but I'd short-sleeved. I think I pointed it out to him, actually. I would have just gone, I would have, yeah, shown it. Look, look, I've done this, and I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for the Indian ink. And God love him, he went, don't you dare. Oh. He went, don't you dare, what are you doing? Cutting yourself, Please destroying cut yourself. Your yeah, yeah. yeah. So I never, I never did it. And, oh. it, and it took a while to heal. And then what was interesting, like literally five years later, well, a bit longer than that, I worked with him because I did some Alex Cox films and then he was in Straight to Hell. Oh, of course he was, yeah. And um, so then he became like a pal. Yeah. He was a lovely man. He was a really sweet he guy, was a sweet actually. man. I was going to say, I love that both of your clash stories end with, and then we became great friends. Yeah. <laughs> Mum, my best friend is Lauren, whose dad's Mick Jones. So, like, it's like the clash are just family now. So, yeah, it's good work. Like, yeah. so they were the first, you know, that thing. So, all the people, like, you know, when you were a teenager, and I think especially like with punk, it was like mm. things were not as far away. 
from each like you know like punk stars mm. were literally like the people on the corner do you know what I mean they weren't so far out of reach which That's I think it. was possibly part of the appeal of punk because yeah. it felt like it could be you and it was you yeah and it felt like it was an expression of us we That's talked about it. this didn't we yeah yeah and um it wasn't Duran Duran that's no, that was different. a different kind of pop star. <laughs> also felt like you could meet them at King's Cross. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then if you stood in the yeah. pub long enough, one of yeah, them would yeah. come through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I came down to London, I quite quickly met lots of the people that I, you know, had, had oh my on God. my walls at home. You know, Paul... I had a massive poster of Paul Simon on my wall. Like, oh the first time I ever met Paul, I just... I <laughs> 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 thought I was going to... Pass yeah, out. well, he is one of the sexiest men. He was, ever. I mean, he was you ridiculous. Yeah. He was ridiculous. When beautiful. I was at school, I was completely in love with Damon Album from Blur. Oh, God. And I used to, everyone else was like, in Spice Girls had just come, you know, like, yeah. so everyone was dressing like Spice Girls in Buffalo shoes and all that. And I dressed like Damon and I bought like, his trainers, bought like the kappa top, the jeans. Then I found out Justine Fisherman's girlfriend where she got her hair cut. So I went to, it was Andrew Joss in the bottom of Charlotte Street, and I, my mum took me there, and I got her hair cut. That hair cut, the elastic And then I made my mum <laughs> take me to Paul Tabella Road. Because I knew that's where Damon lived, and I thought he'd see me, and he'd be like, <laughs> she, she's got she's great clothes. Better. Oh, my God, I love her hair. <laughs> and I could be like... I thought oh, that was it. I walked up and down that road, my poor mum followed me. Oh, <laughs> my God, your mum's so sweet. Yes. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. talk to you about fame actually because we have this strange thing between mum and I which is that um I became famous when I was a kid and then mum became famous in her 50s and we've sort of met at this point of sharing this very odd experience of being well known um together and for me I've it's been really nice to actually because I used to find it really difficult and like Get really stressed out and be like, everyone's looking at me. And it's quite a lot when you're a teenager and you're not expecting You don't really want everybody looking at you when you're yeah. 15. It's weird. And you're not expecting it. 
um, or hunting it or anything, and then it happens. But then mum would be really like, oh, my God, it's, like, not a big deal. I just get over it. <laughs> no. No, you would. Come Love on. Love how you like, paint your mum. <laughs> I know. I'm such a bitch, right? No, but she was just, like, buck up, like, because yeah. it's what's happening. And you, I was like, it's part of your job. It's part of your job, right? If you want to do the job. Yeah. Yes. If you don't want to do the job, don't do the job. And I was like, well, obviously, I want to do the job. So, you know, you're in this little thing. But then when mum became famous, I was like, oh, here we go. Your turn. You're going to hate it. And she's all like, ah! hey! And I'm like, how is she enjoying this so much? And I think it's because of the time of life that it's happened. It's like uh, great gratitude in, and, and the true enjoyment of success. Yeah. And I'm now there at 39. Yeah. But I was just wondering what your whole journey with being a famous person, the oddest thing that one can be yeah well I, I suppose I got started to get well known sort of in my late 20s yeah. mid to late 20s and that was because of doing television because of doing the Harry Enfield show um working with French and Saunders so you know I started to become sort of well known and I didn't like it I uh, it didn't sit easy with me and um I didn't like sort of going out and... Because people come over and say hello and stuff, but then you find that the night's gone with your friends because you've spent most of the time being polite and and talking with people and stuff. So, so basically, I just stopped going out. And so all my sort of socialising would happen either in my house or somebody else's house. Did you feel pissed off about that, that you suddenly were hermitised? It it had begun to hermitise you a bit. Well, uh, I suppose a bit, because I love people watching, you know? So it's sort of that went out the window. I couldn't sit in a cafe and just stare out the window without somebody... Perry, you know what I mean? Banging on the fucking (laughs) window. Of course, it was Perry time. And, um, yeah, Perry time was mad. Yeah. There was a time when there was, like, a load of kids outside my house. Just waiting. Just waiting. I I said, I'm not Robbie Williams. Fuck off. You know, I was really like, this is crazy. (laughs) Didn't ask for this. That's it. So... So, yeah, it didn't sort of sit that well with me. And also it would make me quite nervous because you think, you you worry that people are going to think you're flash or, do, do you know what I mean? And I've always been someone that just chats to people. And then suddenly I sort of, I, I had like a shyness. I was, think, I was thinking this about you. There's something about you that's quite shy, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I am quite shy. It's really weird for people to hear that, but it really sort of brought that on a lot. But now I'm older. So once I sort of gave up acting officially, I was sort of like, right, that's not my first job. It was sort of great because then I wasn't on the telly so much and, and then new generation of kids come along right, and they, and they don't know Terry. who the fuck you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Suddenly you can walk past schools again. That's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> 22, yeah. I was like, oh, I can go past schools now. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. But now, I mean, this is Andy, why I understand you being very sort of, oh, hi, you know, because I remember, well, I did an interview when I was in that period of time and they said to me, uh, the question then was, what's the best thing about fame? And at the time, I was hating it. So I thought, well, come on, what's good about it? And, and I said at that time, well, I suppose if it was late at night and I was really worried and scared, I could knock on a door and maybe one out of the ten houses would know who I was. 
so they'd let me in. And that weird, it was just about women's safety, you know what I mean? Sad answer. You know. It's kind of like tender answer. I've thought that before. But then blokes get offered out for fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's so they have they a different have danger. They have a different yeah, kind of yeah. danger. Pippa, your work. We haven't even spoken about what we Oh, do. brilliant. She's a genius. I, yeah. No, I'm not. No, you, you are. are. Pippa. You are. No. So you're a writer and a producer. Yeah, I, do, I wrote on a co-wrote on a show, but mostly producer. A show, come tell us what you do. Tell us what you do. No, well, I just, well, I just produced. Um, Am I being unreasonable? Yeah. with Massive. Daisy and Celine. Massively brilliant, so brilliant. Yeah, but I produced Kathy's show as well, which is the per- first like thing we worked on. Yeah, that was, and that was your first time being a producer. Yes, wasn't it? that was my first producing. Um, because that that short film I was talking about, the little short about right. meeting the cash. We Sky wanted more of that, so I turned it into a four-parter yeah. um, called Walking and Talking. And it was just basically about being 13, walking home from school with your right. mate. And that was it. Yeah. And so and Pippa produced it, and it was her first time producing. Yeah. And it was just glorious. And was that something you had, like, production? Was that, was that what you wanted to do, was be a producer? Or did you just... I sort of fall so. into different things. I, when I left uni or finished my exams, I walked around loads of production companies in Soho asking just for work experience and I got a job at Talkback or like... It just looks like, what a it story. Was really, like, but it was mad. They literally were looking... There was a show called Your Face or Mine oh, with Jimmy Carr, yeah. And I had to go on the streets and get people to let me take their photos, which would then be in the show and they compare like, their... Uh, do you remember the premise of this show? What was the premise of this horrible. It was horrible and I was mortified. It was like your couple would come on and then they'd be like, this is a picture, do, is this person more or less attractive than your girlfriend? What? And you'd like win money. There was some incentive to be honest. I don't know what it was, but... Oh, it's interesting you say that because um, I did a lot of reading and watching Oprah kind of life lessons uh, a couple of years ago and I was in hell and she really kind of saved me. She really helped. She really helped. Yeah. Um, I love and Oprah. one thing she said about the TV that she makes is that she, one day, they were uh, doing a problematic story and she said, why are we doing this? Like, what is our intent? And I think for mum and I, we've completely changed the way we want to make television. Like, that cruelness. I can't yeah. be part of things like that in television. And also, it's interesting because I, I started a new job in lockdown and I realised they were really lovely and they gave me... I sort of run a comedy comedy or comedy drama slate on my own yes. within the company and they're really lovely about it. But I had was, a bit, had was able to make decisions about who I work with and what shows I wanted to try and develop without sort of having pressure. Yeah. And it was the same thing. It was like, actually, I just want to make shows that I feel really passionate about and stories I want to tell or be part of and not, like, make things that I'm not comfortable with. Is that important for you, Pippa, to, yeah. like, feel good about yeah. what Yeah, and also make sure that you're giving, vo- like, an opportunity to people that maybe historically haven't had as much of an opportunity. But also, but Pippa, Pippa's got really good taste, you know, and I, I think that really helps, you know what I mean, with the work, you know, because her taste is pretty impeccable when it comes to scripts and... Uh, Jack I and don't Freddy. like talking about myself. <laughs> no, 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 which is I why, can tell. Which is why I'm doing the talking. No, I can tell, I can tell, but that's why you do what you do and you're not in front yeah. of the camera. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We're all I mean, Pippa, it's extraordinary because, you know, you're, you're quite shy... Do you know what I mean? She's great fun and everything. And uh, and it was sort of like, oh, I, when, when I was invited to do this, I thought I'd love Pippa to do this, but I don't know whether she would. But um, 
But no, it was good that you I'm said really yes. I'm really glad that you came. We're really, really glad that you came, honestly. Because for us, it's lovely to have... To, to, to watch other people in their relationships. And it tells us something about you, Kath, and then yeah. we meet this new person. And this is what happens naturally in our lives anyway. Yeah. We always have dinner parties. Yeah. And people always bring people with them. That's why we wanted to do this podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's just an extension of what we do anyway. Yeah. We couldn't really... Kevin was like, you should do a podcast. And we pick up these ideas. It was like, I'm not... Yeah, yeah. Weird. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we went, why don't we just do what we always do? Just have people around and have some nice food and nice drink and a little chat. There is something that is, I guess, relatively new, but probably not even really anymore, which is uh, seeing you as a broadcaster. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> which I love. No, I love because a lot of people. I wish I could name. I wish I could name exactly who I'm talking about, but I won't. A lot of people think that uh, making TV is quite easy, or that broadcasting. Is or the broadcasting's easy, and it's and it's really not. But I've watched. Uh, I think every documentary you've done for Channel Four, loved all of them, and and loved uh, everything that you've been talking about. Um, but also watched you <laughs> blossom into this fantastic broadcaster. Do you see yourself yeah. like that at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think she's a really good broadcaster? Yeah, I love her. I just think I'm a bit self-obsessed mm. and it's allowed me to talk about myself <laughs> like non-fucking-stop for about five years. <laughs> no, it's really weird, though, because this sounds really fucking arrogant and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but... I remember years ago when I decided to stop acting and, and, and I'd always directed, you know, I'd always directed plays and stuff. So it wasn't like I was suddenly going into directing play. It was something I sort of felt I, I trained in, much like the acting, you know. Look, I know when I get older, I've got my own personality to rely on. Right. And that will be how I'll make money when I'm older. Because of who you are. And that's what's happening. Do you know why you can call yourself a broadcaster, Cathy? Because it's about emotional honesty. Oh, right, And you are okay. a really emotionally honest human being. It's why mm. I really like you. Even before oh, we actually probably sat down and had a conversation, I uh. was like, fucking love that woman. She's excellent. And Likewise. I really enjoyed doing your <laughs> podcast. I'm really glad you're here and why we mm. wanted you to come here because you've got that proper thing going on. Do you know what I mean? And it's a thing that tribally I'm really attracted to because I yeah. need it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well that, that seems to be a great change that's happened in the last 10 years or so, isn't it? It's sort of emotional development. Yeah. You know what I mean? Understanding that emotional intelligence is important and worthy and, um, and, and also, you know, the mental health thing. You know, the fact that people will talk about it now. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And I do think it's important. And I think it's because, when, like I said earlier, when I grew up, it, as I got older, I just I felt guilty that my brothers didn't get any counselling as kids. It had nothing to do with me, but I I felt bad on their behalf. Once I was sort of once it was all clicking into place, what they actually fucking went through, and I think that's why I've always sort of spoken out like for men as, yes. as well. You yes. know, I love my ladies, of course I do. I'm a proper sister. I'm a proper feminist. 
But it doesn't mean to say that... That's not to the exclusion exactly. of loving men. Loving exactly. women, it's, it's about us all having the same chance and the yes. same opportunities, not yeah. more or less. That's and loving it. one doesn't mean that you don't love the other. That's but what that's I, what's fucked up at the moment. Yes. Because it's this, you've got to either be one thing or the other. You can't, and it's bollocks. And it's that old divisive thing that's put out by the people with the money and the media and all the, and the power... So we ignore what's who's the root of and the problem. Our governments and all that. While we're bickering, exactly about language. Yes. You know, I mean, I don't give a shit who's in the toilet. I really, really don't. Yes. Just have a pee, get out. Who gives a fuck? It's a bathroom. Who does do you know what care? I mean? Just, like, no, I, I mean, the of why is this a fucking conversation? Yeah. I can't believe there are these endless articles about the fucking toilet. Yeah, yeah. it's a why? complete distraction from yeah. Brexit. Exactly. It's a distraction from selling the energy, the poverty that's going on and the cost of living crisis and it's all it's always drives me nuts and um i said this to danny dyer on our podcast the other day about you know there's a great clip i don't know if you've ever seen it of the old football manager brian clough i remember him and um he and this is from like the late 80s or whatever and he says, no, I'll tell you, because it was, I think the conversation was about football lulugism or, or something was going on. And he went, no, 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 I'll tell you who the culprits of this country are. It's Rupert Murdoch and Robert Maxwell. No. They're the ones that are behind the divide. You know what I mean? And it's very, very sinister. And we need to see this and we need to understand. People like that were trying to tell us and nobody was listening. People are still trying to tell us and people are still not listening. Yeah. There, there was a weird period where I suppose, I think that maybe it was just like one GQ cover, but it's like you with like maybe like Liam Gallagher and like a limo and like you're in like a white T-shirt, like a straight um, leather jacket, 501s. It's a banging outfit. And you're like in a car. Oh, yeah. no, that was um, Ray Winston. Okay, you're with Ray Winston. That's a ranking photo. Ranking, that was it. It's yeah, a yeah. vibey picture. And it, yeah. But it's really, I was like, oh, 1997. Or, yeah. So, did you ever feel your kind of that success that you were riding at that time? Did it get a bit immersed in all that sort of like Great Britannia, Cool Britannia, Tony Blair? Sort of. It's sort of, I was, in, I was invited to be immersed in all that. But I, I, I said no. Declined. Thank yeah, you. The yeah. Polite decline. I didn't go to the famous party at Downey Street. I didn't. I was invited to Number Ten. I didn't. Um, and Buckingham Palace and all that. And I, I didn't. I didn't do any of it. And what's really fucking weird about me, who has had such a sort of hedonistic existence here and there, you know, I've loved sort of, I'm really glad that I used to love getting pissed and love just going out and being fucking nuts. Um, but I decided to stop drinking in the 90s <laughs> when it was like the party decade where I was getting invited to all the groovy things and I just was too shy, really. So I would just be like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to stay in, you know, I'm a pothead. So it's like, no, I've got me weed. I, I don't really need to do all that. And do you, what, what do you think now? Are you, like, you're not in any way regretting those decisions? No. I mean, you look back and think, well, there was, you know, there was quite a few lovely men that were <laughs> after me at the time. You know, when we did Harry Enfield and Chums, it was sort of like a big thing. That was like the big comedy programme, you know. It was the big everything programme. The big everything. And uh, so many people wanted to come to the studio, because we did a lot of it in front of a studio audience. Yeah. And 
all that business. I would just leave the dressing room and go, go to the car and go home. My best fun times were before getting well known. Yeah. It was sort of the 80s. There's something about show-offy people, mm. which we three are. You clearly are not, Pippa. <laughs> you're not, but you're, but you're a listener and a watcher. I uh, can can I just it. say, though, Pippa is not a show-offy person. Oh, She's very sort of together and, you know, and she likes being behind the scenes. Her wedding day, <laughs> this one, <laughs> turned up on a horse. Yeah. Can I tell you why? Because I, I felt I did. I was so self-conscious about mm. the idea of like just everyone looking at you, and I knew my mum was going to walk me whatever bit of it we were going to walk. But I thought if I have a horse, firstly everyone has to be fucking laughing at the horse, and it's like they'll be looking at that and talking about that, and it won't be about me. And also it would be funny. And I just thought... And it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. In a wedding dress? Yeah. Yeah. And Gucci heels. Oh, oh, <laughs> On side side one. I've never I'm going to give that a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get married as an introvert. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, though, the thing about a lot of show-offy people, and me included, you two definitely, is that we're also shy. And I know we've said this yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, it's so But it's a weird like dynamic and it's really hard to explain to people mm, it's a yeah. funny um it's a funny duality yes i think people don't really understand about show off you people and i think a lot of people who do the work that us three do are like that i mean do, do you notice it about people that you work yeah, with? yeah it's interesting i know i think i did i don't she won't mind me saying this but daisy for example the baftas daisy Mae Mae Cooper, Cooper, yeah. like had this extraordinary like britney spears from the lucky video outfit <laughs> made. oh my oh, god sorry yes. she turned and I, but she looked incredible. She was like amazing going and saying hi, signing autographs. Went and went to the had this ceremony, and then afterwards, she just couldn't stand being in the room with so many people and just like left. And but that the best bit of the of it for her was just getting ready, you know, right. and not like not doing and the vision thing. of it and inhabiting yeah. this moment. And I think there's something about holding court, which I like, which is very different to a one on one. Yeah intimacy where people are looking you in the eye and, and there's a different thing expected of you. I've got loads of things to impart, but yeah. that doesn't mean I don't feel shy. Like, I'm really bad. We've had this conversation. Like, I'm really bad at going on a date. Oh, yeah, she's terrible at dating. She loves a date. She's really good at a date. She's oh. really good at a place. Pools, just needs yeah, activity. Chat. Just needs a pool table. And I'm just like... Oh, I'm because you don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, I feel like they're not going to like me. And what, and that, and that, is not... that because of the one on... No, is it because of the overriding thing of, like, this is about whether we like each other? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's they're not going to like me. too vulnerable. Like, sexual they... attraction. Yeah, though. and I think they're not going to like it's me. Terrifying. They're not going to fancy me. They're not going to mm. like me. I, I mean, I should say this one. I have been with my partner for about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I've been out of the game for a minute. I haven't had to go on a date, but I'm still the idea of it still sends me into a total yeah. panic. Like, how, how do you feel about dating and romantic love? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. That's all sort of way in my history now, and I'm, I'm which I'm sort of glad about. You know, um, it, you sort of look back on things and you think, oh, maybe I should have done this. And maybe, but you sort of realise everything is your own choice. Do you know what I mean? So I, I look back and I'm quite proud of the choices that I made. And and I do, you know, it's a shame I didn't meet that person, you know, that I, I absolutely wanted to share my life with. That never really happened. 
Um, I mean, I did meet people I wanted to, but then they didn't with me, or vice versa. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It never ever sort of gelled. Yeah, yeah. And I and I do wonder if it's just because I'm sort of, I've always been quite. It's sort of weird. I've always been quite happy on my own. Mm. I'm very. Uh, I think it might. I think it does go back from when I was a little kid. Because I did spend a lot of time on my own and I was happy to sort of do that. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's like I don't really, like after, I've often said, haven't I, Pippa, that I don't really know what loneliness is um, because I don't really sort of feel lonely. Do you know what I mean? I don't fear it. No, I fear other people <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, the other side. like suddenly you know having to right I've got to sort of adjust around to other people now you know I think people are sometimes even scared to say that they like being alone in their own company yeah. I really like my own company mm. I get well into it yeah I I mean sometimes if Ed's going to his mum's for the weekend it's the best feeling in the world you know you you're like yeah I'll be fine <laughs> But I, yeah, I'm really, I lived on my own for like 15 years. Yeah. Oh, because you weren't with Ed when you met Cathy. No. Okay. So I, and I was. I used to love that feeling on a Friday, just shutting the door. Do you remember what it was like when Pippa met Ed? Oh my God. Well, no. I was, well, she's known Ed for a long time because Ed is the brother of the best friend she's had since uni. Oh. Yeah. So Pippa. Plot twist. Well, this is great, actually. And I, and I did a speech at Pippa's, Pippa and Ed's wedding. Um, which wasn't written down. I just sort of, you know. So it's basically very wait, similar. Wait. Was it just... organised though? You were invited. to Oh it. yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't just... just get up with right, that. I like to me. say a few words. Piss off, <laughs> mums. Piss off. You know. I think I should speak. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was quite extraordinary actually because Pippa started to come over and uh, yeah, I'd hear it. You know, there was a couple of boyfriends she talked about, and I'd say these just sound fucking horrible. What are you doing with these ghastly fucking blokes, you know? Please know your worth, you know what I mean? Anyway, and then one night she was over and we were having a bit of dinner. What would we... We'd watch um, American Pop Idols. Kathy would... I'd go round and she'd like, come round and watch American Idol with me. And then she, you'd watch it. And then as soon as the first note came out, no. She'd vibe to it. You never got to see the song. She was like, no, don't like that one. Don't like and it. Shit. What are we watching? We're just watching the VT bits. And then it was like, and then if there was an old person in the audience went, oh, she's like, just because they're old doesn't mean they're not a cunt. And then you'd be like, okay, I don't know what I'm watching now. <laughs> but anyway, so people was round, we were chatting. And then I remember Pippa just saying to me, so, she said, there's this guy, Ed. And I was like, right. And uh, she said, it's Joe's brother. And I went, she went, oh, Kathy, I've loved him since I was 19. I said, I've never heard you talk about this guy. And she said, well, she said, I saw him the other night and and he had, and she was like all, all discombobulated because she'd basically, he'd said to her, oh, we should go out for a drink sometime. <laughs> and she, being Pippa, just went, you know, that's never going to happen or whatever, you know, made a joke of it and all that business. And I went, OK. I said, just just send him a text now. Oh. And, and she went, oh, no, I can't, I can't. She went bright red at the fault of it. And I went, no, 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 just say, look, Ed, it was really lovely to see you. Of course I'd love to have a drink with you, 
So I'm a bit full on with work. So there's the get out. But, you know, uh, maybe we'll be in touch. You know what I mean? So she was happy with the message. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She was as happy with you. the message. Yeah. We were very happy. So and I, and I even said to her, look, and don't stress. If you don't hear from him for a couple of days, don't stress because you've made it very relaxed in the message. I'm quite busy myself. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Really exactly. good. That's actually bloody good text writing, Gathy. Very good, oh, Gathy. Yeah. Five minutes later, <laughs> the message came back and i never forget it. It was one of the best fucking messages. To let a girl know, yes, I do like you, he put any time, any place, anywhere, Pippa Brown. <laughs> a better story to end lunch with. Yes, actually. and a little toast. We have a little toast. A little toast to um, Ed. Me. To Ed, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. To Kathy for the text. To Kathy, excellent Who texting. Knew? Excellent texting. It's so lovely to meet Thanks you. Thanks so much Thank for that coming. Meal. This was a complete delight. This has been amazing. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely delicious. Uh, can I take some of that home in yeah, the buggy bag? We do your Tupperware. I've got, I've got actual Tupperwares. So oh, my Well, you know, I didn't know I could uh, be more in love with Cathy Burton than I already am. And I loved Pippa. Oh, yeah, Pippa was great. Their relationship's really lovely, isn't it? Because you can see kind of what they give each other. Like, Cathy, like, when, when uh, we started to try to get Pippa to talk about herself, she went really shy right. and sort of almost didn't want to. And so Cathy was like, I'm going to do it for her because this is what you need to know about her. Yeah. And then I realised that Pippa gives um, Cathy a sort of a sort of different kind of safety. She sees Cathy, like, right, she sees that little um, 12-year-old knocking on people's doors asking for dinner. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh my goodness! Too funny. I oh was just like, I, the thing is, that I was like, I see it, I believe it, I know who you are now. Yeah, and I loved meeting Pippa. I'm slightly obsessed with Ed. <gasps> the Ed story. I'm Anytime, so happy. Any time, any place, anywhere. Pippa Brown. Oh my god! I was like, it's like a Hugh Grant movie. Oh, and she loved the situation. And then I was like, good twist. Seriously, good they told twist. us that story, like, like, like a broadcaster and a TV producer. And we Plot were like twist. gripped. I was Plot like, twist. then what happened? Yeah. yeah that and was beautiful. And also to be here with the doors open, to show everyone around the garden and the flowers. And, and they met the neighbours on the way and out. And Kathy met the neighbours. It's more than just inviting someone around to lunch. It's like, it's our home. Come in. Yeah. Our world, our home. Come in. Nice. Cheers to that. Come on in. Come on in. Hold up, what was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.